Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Oh, before we get the podcast underway, uh, Phil is just undressing. Showing off my lovely Canterbury match fit shirt, uh, bath shirt. I have to say thank you very much, Phil, because um, I got a Canterbury match fit bath shirt, but a large for me... Is was too small, and you're not and large it, anymore. And I'm not large. No. <laughs> I, I wear I wear medium in a lot of stuff, but um, it was just too small. But Phil, you've returned the favour because you got sent a medium regular fan shirt, which fits me perfectly. Yeah, it's a bit weird that the the fans are bigger than the players. Uh, well, actually, it's not weird. I've been there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just a shame that the one person who loves Bath more than I'm not a Bath any fan. Of us <laughs> I mean, I mean is the only one of us that doesn't have a Bath shirt. Anyway, let's, we've got plenty of rugby to talk about, and so let's get into it. Uh, hands in and pod on three. One, two, three. Pod. Yeah, it's us. It's Phil in his bath shirt. Hi, Tim. It's bath fan, JB. And <laughs> I'm not a fan. I'm and, not I, a fan of and I'm Tim. You can uh, listen to us via the ACAST app or on iTunes. And we'd love your feedback, some reviews and star ratings and all the rest of it on iTunes. would be great. And subscribe there. Uh, at Rugby Podcast is where you can follow us on Twitter. So uh, there's only one place to start in terms of the podcast this week. We've obviously got the European Rugby Champions Cup to talk about. Uh, we've obviously got... Eddie Jones being instated as the England head coach and in any other week that would be enough to fill a podcast but of course the biggest story uh, in the world of rugby was the passing of Jonah Lomu Mm. yeah terrible terrible news the phrase legend and great of the game it sometimes gets banded around too much but he's a player that that, that befits that title doesn't he yeah exactly when he kind of came onto the scene uh, he was unplayable and that that phrase is used probably a little bit too much as well. But no one could get near him. No one could lay a finger on him. And if they did, they'd be spiralling backwards because he would have bowled them out of the way. Incredible. If YouTube had been around back then, we would have all been watching it on YouTube. But there was, in, in the rugby club, I was playing at Newby Rugby Club, and everyone was handing around this little DVD of a Jonah documentary of his school days <laughs> when he was in the New Zealand under-19s team. Oh, have you seen that, that picture? It's been going all around Twitter and Facebook. Um of the under-16 high school records for Jonah Lomu's school. Oh, yeah, it was only the... He didn't bother with the 800 or the 1500 metres, and I think every single other event he now, The only other one won. was three he didn't win out of 10 or 12. 800 and 1500, and the cricket ball, which I assume is how far you can throw a cricket I ball. I assume so, yeah. But every everything else he won. Phenomenal. It was very, it's very sad, this, and I'll give you a little, a little window into the life of JB. Every day at six o'clock, my alarm clock goes off with Radio 4, and I sleep through it for about an hour and a half, and then when I wake up, I'm knowledgeable. So <laughs> You assimilate the information in your sleep. Exactly. So I'll go to work, and for some, some reason, I don't know how I know, but I know about the Greek crisis. Happens. So I have slept through the Greek crisis. I've slept through the killing of Osama bin Laden, but I actually woke up for Jonah Lomu, and I felt miserable for the rest of the day. Yeah. Miserable. <laughs> 
I mean, he, he had some skill as a rugby player, but as a physical specimen, he was just ahead of his time. You you can't judge him in the context of today's rugby players because there are lots of people the size and shape of Jonah Lomu. Not I, so much. This I still think there's not many. So he's six five and one hundred and nineteen kg. That's nineteen stone. So that's bigger than and he, and he could shift like a sprinter. Oh yeah, uh, sub eleven second hundred meters, but. Like you're you're right though. So I, I was looking at the stats earlier this week, and the average. Of course, you. Uh, that's what you oh, do, Phil. Oh. The average back. The average back. Uh, this year's World Cup was just over ninety kg. Really? Uh, yeah. So not not massive. No. That obviously includes fly halves and yeah, scrum yeah, halves. Yeah. And, but th- there are a few outliers like Namani Nadolo, who's yeah. a similar size to Lomu, but not many. But 20 years ago, when he first burst on the scene, it was 80 kg for the average back. Wow. So he's nearly 40 kg heavier than the average back. And you know that Phil got that information by going through, finding out the <laughs> member of every squad, making his own spreadsheet, coming up with formulas and inputting them in the spreadsheet. He spent hours on that. Oh, I thought oh. you actually measured them all. Measuring them was okay for this World Cup, but the, ni- the 95 was tough. But tough. genuinely, the first time I ever saw a Swiss ball, which is, you know, they're in every gym in the land now. The first yeah. time I ever saw a Swiss ball was in that DVD I was talking about, and it was Jonah Lomu jumping up onto a Swiss ball and doing squats on a Swiss ball. <laughs> it was unreal. I, I know the one, he's got weights in his hands too. Yeah, he's got yeah, weights in his that. hands doing squats stood on a Swiss ball. Swiss balls are the cruelest things in gyms because they encourage fat people to use them without actually burning off any calories. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like a space hopper. Um, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, just just a, a, a proper legend. Where, where does he rank, do you reckon, in, in terms of the all-time Top. greats? Top. How, how do you qualify that? I qualify it in kind of, you know, populist box office measures, which I guess is fair. Yeah, that's fair. Because he's got some of the best highlights ever. He truly was the first superstar, and he coincided with some incredible World Cups when the game was just changing. And on top of that, he was this professional athlete in an amateur time, and the consequences were simply devastating. As I say, I was playing at Newby Rugby Club in 1995. We put the then blindside flanker he was called Chris Hart and we put him on the wing in the first team at Newbury the, the blindside he had a bit he could shift a little bit and after the 95 World Cup that next season he went straight on the wing and played a whole season <laughs> on the wing uh, in National 1 I, I remember playing 10 years after that uh, probably 2007 something like that playing against Newbury and they had it was more because of an injury crisis they had their number 8 was opposite me on the wing he just changed the game overnight because all of a sudden it was a we need someone massive on the wings and it's interesting isn't it that even though he changed the game overnight like you say it didn't really change which shows what a phenomenal specimen he was yeah yeah. how unusual that you know we managed to get to see this I've never seen someone so unplayable he carried a computer game with his name on it which (laughs) is still the only good and the only ever good rugby computer game ever made. <laughs> so, well, I'm going to tell you some, some commentary lines. From oh, I love oh Bill McLaren, wasn't yeah. it? And, and Bill Bowman. And Bill Bowman. So, <laughs> such lines as, oh, mercy me. <laughs> what a tackle. And my personal favourite He must have was, a foot oh, like a traction engine. And that no, was one of them, wasn't it? Isn't that or Alan was that Alan Partridge? <laughs> <laughs> no, you're thinking of a pack of Sherman tanks. But my personal favourite is... <laughs> That could have put him in Ward 4, followed by, I hope not, Bill, that's a maternity ward. <laughs> Banter! <Yes! laughs> Come on, let's play the clip for them. They don't build him like that anymore. <laughs> he won't like that. He's one of a kind. With the tackle. Good ball play in the middle. I can't see the ball in there. I'm sure there's one about a mole. Yeah, digging like he's digging like a demented mole. Digging oh, like yeah. a demented mole. That would now be. Oh, a, hold on, hold on. Let's, let's get back there. It was, there it was. Hold on. Here we go. Possession here. They need to get more men behind the ball. Digs like a demented mole there. Richard. <laughs> Bill sounds a bit. Uh, Bill Beaumont sounds a bit bored, doesn't he? Ever so slightly wooden. But it's been stolen. That's a good chance wasted. Ah, oh, good memories. Great memories. Here's a John Jonah fact that you might not know. Uh, around the year 2000, he had allegedly the most powerful car speak system in the world. <laughs> in the world. In the world. Yeah. Um, I've, I've just I've 
got a, an article from ESPN at, <laughs> at the time in 2000, and it's a uh, a New Zealand politician, Peter Brown, is pleading with Lomu not to go for the world record. <laughs> because sensory disabilities such as hearing loss are second most commonly reported disability in New Zealand. <laughs> well, it's, it's good to know, isn't it? There's some real serious issues to be addressed in New, in Zealand, New Zealand society. Yeah. I mean, they must have cured schools and everything else because uh, <laughs> recommending rugby players uh, as to what core, core systems to have. His hundred thousand New Zealand dollar, uh, fifty-two thousand US dollar, three and a half ton stereo has been pushed beyond the hundred and fifty <laughs> decibel, which is louder than a jet er- jet engine. What? <sighs> wow, that unreal. Do, that does actually sound pretty dangerous oh. and, and pretty useless. Because yeah. there's no way you can I mean, be in that car. Look, do you know what? Kind of do you know what? Out. In hindsight, now I'm I'm glad he enjoyed his money. I really am. <laughs> That is, a, that is money well spent. <laughs> You're right. You, that's a lesson for us all. You can't take it with you. Live for today. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, so, great man and uh, legend of the game. Let's move on to the other big story this week. And it feels flippant just going from one to the other, but uh, I'll, I will, if you'll forgive me for doing that. Eddie Jones instated as the head coach of the England rugby side. Hmm. Hmm. And someone mentioned this last week, didn't they, Tim? Well, I, I, I didn't say... I wasn't predicting that he would. I was saying that that is someone that I would like to. What I, what I did caveat that with is I didn't just want Eddie Jones to take over. I wanted someone with his international experience and nous and, um, and pedigree. But I also wanted... I want Rob Baxter as his number two. Now, I'd be happy for him to do that alongside his Exeter Chiefs role. Yeah. I don't know if that's how feasible that is, really. Because It should be quite feasible. I don't think it's a problem with Exeter, though. I think it'd be a problem with the other clubs. Because having a national coach, I think he's got to be independent from the English club system. Uh, oh, that makes sense. Because Sean, was... Sean Edwards, of course, was working at Wasps, Wasps and no, Wales. But Sean, really... Sean Edwards very famously said about his role at Wasps and Wales, what do you want me to tell Wales? Simon Shaw carries really hard. You know, everyone knows Simon Shaw carries really hard. Yeah, and as like a defence coach with a smaller sphere of responsibility, like Edwards had, yeah, it'd be a bit easier than Baxter, who is uh, I don't know what his actual title is. Forwards coach, either head coach or um, director of rugby at Exeter, isn't he? Yeah, but I I think well, Eddie Jones himself has actually said that that is part of his um, intention, is part of his uh, ultimate goal is to prepare someone for 2019, an, well, an Englishman, for 2019 when he, he leaves. I, I He's already resigned, hasn't he? Yeah, but it's a long, longer... Uh, it's a long resignation, Period though. of resignation, it, it yeah. I do feel ever so slightly sorry, because I, I think out of this whole thing, Stuart Lancaster is the only person who now doesn't have a job that he did have, and... I think there was a place for him. <laughs> Stormers, yeah. I think, there, I think there should have been a place for Stuart Lancaster within... The England setup. I think there will be, but I just think that they're going to let the dust settle first. They think very highly of Stuart Lancaster. I think, as most people do, at the job that he's good at, which isn't coaching the national team, and Stuart Lancaster will be fine. He'll go back to work and he'll do a very, yeah. very good job for some academies or Saxons or somewhere yeah. like that. Pencils up my nose on Twitter, um, otherwise known as NJ, <laughs> um, said. <laughs> If Japan were the brave blossoms, then I'm predicting England will, will either be shrinking violets or Ooh. running roses, maybe. Withering roses? Withering. Uh, you, you, do you know what? You, you watch the the European Rugby Champions Cup this week weekend and you think, oh, it was only a month ago and we were moaning how how what, what, how difficult things are for England. And you, Eddie Jones must just be licking his lips uh, at, at, at the quality that he's got I to pick said, from. I've said over and over again, I think England have got the deepest, not most times, but the deepest playing pool. And look at Wasps. Look at the glorious, glorious rugby that Wasps play. Now, Eddie that- Jones said something interesting, didn't he, in his comments um, after taking over, Phil? He certainly did. As a man who's been to one World Cup final and lost with Australia in 2003 and won it as a consultant or advisor alongside Jake White with the Springboks in 2007, he said to win a World Cup, you need five world-class players. Mm. You think back to the England team that won in 2003, and I'd say they have more than five. <laughs> yeah, easy. Yeah. You know, Delalio, Hill, and back. That's probably three in, in your back, back row. In the back row. Well, Mark Hill alone. was the best in the world. And Ma- yeah. Martin Johnson. Johnson. Was, was the best lock you in had, the world. You had Vickery, best, yeah. best tight head. And one Thompson of the best tight head, and Wilkinson, and Greenwood, and Jason Robinson. <sighs> 
frightening. So yes. at least five. And you look at the New Zealand team that just won, and you could rattle off uh, Reed and they've almost got five of the best players of all time in their yeah. positions in that team. So which England players in 2019 will we, if assuming we're going to have those five world class players at least that Eddie Jones uh, says is necessary to challenge for a World Cup, which five are the most likely, or who do you predict will be England's five world class players? Well, do you think in the current England squad there is any world class players? So the, the one that's just been ceremoniously dumped out of the World Cup. Uh, so I there was any in there. Uh, I said I would. I think I said. I think we had, we said this exactly thing before the World Cup. Where even when we were full of optimism, no, well, no. I, we, I said we know we don't have any world class players. But I think there's a couple in there who could potentially be. Well, I'm going to say right now, Owen Farrell. I've come 180 degrees on on him. I think he, he was one of the few players in England to come up with any real credit. He's shown he's a big game player. I'm not sure if he's a 10, but he's a world-class player. His performance, the last all season for Saracens, and the last two weeks particularly. Ford or Farrell, one or of those both. two you'd hope. 10 and 12, possibly. P- potentially both, potentially the pair of them. But yeah. um, I, think, I think, and again, someone else we've been banging on about for a while, I think one of our world-class players in four years' time will be Henry Slade. Um, Interesting, because I, I would say the centre partnership I would want if everyone could get back to fitness, would be Tuolagi and Joseph. All you want your backs to be is as fast as you possibly <laughs> can. So make sure you pick your fast backs. Everything, will, everything else that, will work out. I, I, I think, think that's necessarily true. Look I, at, no, it is necessarily. No, true. I think when I think when I look at when I look at backs that I think are world class and that they always seem to have a bit of time and they always seem mm. to make good decisions and they always seem to. Like be calm under pressure and I just think young as he is maybe it won't be in four years time maybe it'll be in five or six years time but Henry Slade has got those attributes that make a world class player he's a lovely player that just silky skills effortless calmness I I think he has the potential to be but it's whether he gets the opportunity to be because Mm, he currently is down the pecking order but he he might in four years time he, he has the potential to well he's a classic example of being not picked for what he can't do so that makes sense rather than picked for what he can do mm. and he's a very good player I would say this okay you just said um, good decisions time on the ball you've mentioned all the classically good things a player should be and I don't disagree with anything but if you're really really fast you don't need to be any of those things because <laughs> uh, as uh, you know, in the Wasps game today Christian Wade goes backwards and they still score a try I mean it gets you out of a lot, a lot of holes. But mm. at the top, at the very highest level, Toulon, not as much. Toulon, they they were playing Toulon, who I think may maybe are the most powerful rugby side in the world. In the world, mm. not the team that they put out today, though. Yeah, maybe not. But they, yeah, maybe not. But that's that's later. so. So so. Um, well, I'd I'd say Henry Slade. I think the way he's progressed again this season. I think four years on Maruitoji. Could be, you know it could, could be the best of. He could be better than Launchbury and Laws. He he could be. It could right. be, but I've not he, seen anything yet to suggest that he actually is. But he's what twenty one at the moment. Yeah, if that. he's he's only going to be in four years' time. What the England players were this year, still a little bit undercooked. Yeah, and that's a good point because I think either Laws or Launchbury could progress to the point. Both of them will still be under thirty in four years' time. Mm. Launchbury, one of those could be. If if they aren't already, they could be world class. I'd say two other players this, who played this weekend in the forwards now, who I think could be world class. One of them played this this evening, Nathan Hughes. Yeah. Oh yeah. And oh yeah. Yeah. Who becomes eligible for England? Uh, which is right. Next, I don't like. Summer, yeah. I don't like. But as an English, I, it's very selfishly as an Englishman. Yeah. We've already nicked Vunapola off Wales. Why not just nick Nathan Hughes <laughs> off Fiji? Vunapola nicked off Tonga, New Zealand Vunipola, and Wales. Vunapola looked me in the eyes and said, I'm not Welsh in a thick Welsh accent. <laughs> <laughs> you are Welsh. You are. Um, and the other one who had a superb game this weekend is Henry Thomas. He took ah. apart Kean Healy. Absolutely I, I, dominated Kean Healy. I was the, the match announcer at Sale when he first got signed as a schoolboy from Millfield School and I'm so glad he's starting to blossom again because the guy has got the skills of a back row, he's got gas and 
when he steps up and manages the scrummaging as well, he is but, he's a, he's well, a weapon. If he you is a weapon. Sale, he was doing really well, and then he kind of dropped off. That's a really interesting shout, though, Phil. I, I think he's got huge potential, and you, you talk about his skills of a back row, handling skills, all that, and you don't need that to be a world class tight head. You need to be good at what you're good at, which is scrummaging. Mm. Mm. Here, 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 here. Wow. Well, there you go. Uh, at Rugby Podcast, you can hit us up on Twitter with your. Sorry, I can't believe I just used that phrase. Hit us hit up. Hit us up. Hit us up. You bro. can hit us up, bro. <laughs> yeah. Just lay hey, it, lay it down. Hey, kids. Tell us, tell us what you think. Um, <laughs> what, what, that, what does that mean, Phil? What's that mean? Uh, yeah, at Rugby Podcast is where you can get us on Twitter. Um, like I say, in any other week, we could have filled a podcast with just talking about the European Rugby Champions Cup. Yes. It's brilliant. Obviously, weekend. there's been so much going on. Um, we're only getting to it now. Oh, actually, be- but before we do, a little light interlude, because going back to the Jonah John Lomu thing, one of the favourite things I read about it, um, you know, you've you, you heard me in the past talking about the misuse of the word literally. Yes. Uh, literally. Heard that, yeah. And Jeremy Guscott said, this was published on the BBC website, uh, Jeremy Guscott's quote about Jonah Lomu, Jonah Lomu literally obliterated his opposition. <sighs> well, it's not as bad as Jack Berger literally cut in half Mario Itoji. <laughs> yeah, Mario Itoji <laughs> on his piece with BT Sport before the Saracens game. On fr- yeah, yeah. He, Jack Berger in his first training session with Saracens literally cut me in <laughs> half. <laughs> God, that must have been messy at the training ground. I know. God, paramedic emergency surgery to... I've literally never seen it before. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, um, it just goes on and on and on. Wonders guy, mod- the wonders of modern technology. So yeah, there's a couple, there's a couple there. But... Um, where, where do you want to where do you want to start with the rugby because we could do we could go chronologically or chronologically we, sounds or we, right or we could go back uh, we could go, go backwards and start with probably the most impressive result of all and then save is, the best to last which is uh, wasps <laughs> no, come on let's can, start with just, wasps we can just leave Friday night thank you very much Tim oh right yeah Ulster no well no we'll definitely come back to that Phil uh, um, okay uh, be- before we get into it right before we get into the games is there something that we that the Pro 12 teams, well, particularly the Irish teams, need to worry about because yeah, good players and good rugby. <laughs> England, the English teams showed up incredibly well, and the Irish teams just gone AWOL. Some of the French teams the same. What what is going on? I do have a serious theory on the Pro 12, which is they don't have much strength in depth. This is the Irish teams, not the Welsh teams. Okay, we'll come to them later. But the Irish teams have traditionally been very strong. They're still strong. Their players are still good. But they've had no time off. They've got no strength in depth whatsoever. So you, you remove that front layer, layer of players or they're a little bit undercooked and you're in serious, serious trouble. And I just think that uh, that's what happened. They're not a bad team overnight. They're, they're well. They're just not ready for high level rugby again. Billy Conkey on Twitter at Rugby Podcast he tweeted and said he probably won't even download this podcast um, because the Pro Twelve teams have been that embarrassing. Well, Billy, I hope you are listening. I hope you reconsidered that one and you are listening. But um, it, it, well, hear me now, believe me later. It's got to be worrying, hasn't it? Yeah, say? it is worrying. And you, you look at um, so that they do have injuries across the board. Um, but they, they're still putting out players with international experience across the board. So it is a little bit worrying. But you you look at decisions like uh, the IRFU this week who've blocked Stephen Moore moving to Munster because they want their young Irish-born, uh, Irish hookers to get experience of the big games rather than uh, Stephen Moore. So that decisions like that are in the long term going to be good for... For Irish rugby, it's going to be good for Ireland. I've said, I've said it before. But it will mean that there are going to be difficult times. Yeah, I've said it before. Look, it's not nice being an Anthony Scarlett's fan. or an, Well, actually, an Osprey's fan isn't too bad. Um, or supporting any of the Welsh regions. But you have to appreciate that when they get rid of all their stars, young lads come through. And it doesn't make good European rugby. It doesn't even make good club rugby, but it does make good international but rugby. But being devil's advocate, because you, you, you know, that's, that's an opinion you've long held, yeah. but um, f- on the flip side, you could say, well, yeah, you're bringing young lads through, but there's th- there's a, a sort of... Um, there's a level at which you've got rid of too many players because the guys that are there aren't good enough. It depends on your and rules, the, doesn't the, it? The benefit... Uh, I, I think Jonathan... 
um, Davies and probably George North and Lee Halfpenny, for example, going back into the Scarlets backline, will do more for everyone Have you heard at Scarlets, the young players included. Lee Halfpenny going to go Scarlets? Well, that's, that's one of the rumours, Halfpenny and North <laughs> potentially. There's got to be a middle ground and... Short, I, I like the opportunity for short-term contracts abroad because it does, like James Haskell, came back a much better player than when he went after mm-hmm. his stint in Stade Francais, uh, Highlanders and in mm. Japan. So I, I like those kind of short-term deals. The Australian rugby are doing it uh, for Lau and Foley are going over to Japan on short-term deals. There's a load of South Africans. Jesse Creel has just signed for a Japanese team really? as injury cover for Israel Falau. <laughs> That's an wow. Incredible, wow. incredible side. That is awesome. So I, I think they'll actually come back but, a slightly more rounded player. But if you think back to Ireland when they were doing really well a few you know, a few years ago, and we'll J- do well again. JB, like a lot of that was because you had this high concentration of Irish players all playing together all the time, mm-hmm. um, all developing relationships with, with each other as players, not mm-hmm. just talking about off the field, although that, yeah, yeah. that of course will have a, a part to play. I don't like it. But they make it work, and to their credit, they've got two, well three incredible provinces and a fourth which is really doing well. So uh, Connick is just there to look after Robbie Henshaw, though. Exactly right. <laughs> just there. There's no other reason. <laughs> uh, well, anyway, we'll get we'll get into the actual rugby and Wasps' performance of the weekend. There was a few teams that you thought, "Wow, what a great performance!" Dynamite. And then absolute the last game, dynamite. absolutely incredible. They didn't just beat Toulon; they demolished Toulon. Yeah, yeah. Toulon gave up. They actually gave up. The, yeah, the last 20 minutes, the Toulon passing, no one wanted to handle the ball. I have not... No, no one could pass the ball. There's one pass, and the BT cameras were really close upon the player. I think it's a, the scrum off or the fly half. No, it was a scrum off. And he throws the ball. You can just see like how hard he throws this ball. And it hits the floor and just bounces and just bounces along. But then you get that was happening, and then the man who picks it up, like clumsily picks it up, he throws a pass and that hits the floor as well. It's, it was, I, haven't, I haven't seen Stefan Armitage drop the ball as much as he did in that game. He had an absolute mare. There was a few players who did not show up well. But I will yeah. just ask you, well, that's just talking about what, but, how Bastero looks with that new haircut. <laughs> he didn't show up well at all. I, I was saying uh, during the game to Phil. Toulon are an amazing example of why salary caps are a great idea because they've basically gone through a period of unlimited spending and as such play limited rugby and when they need to start playing rugby like against Wasps they don't have an answer they've got one plan one hell of a plan yeah. uh, and it works for three European Cups in a row but actually where's the innovation there well, you know, what, what sort of rugby are they playing is it good to watch none of these things actually apply we always talk about teams that are more than the sum of their parts I actually think Toulon are less than the sum of their yeah. parts. Yeah. Their, their team is incredible. And it, they've won th- three Champions Cups for a reason, because they are incredible. But they don't have to worry about conditioning, and they don't have to worry about strategy, and they don't have to worry about tactics. And yep. get, They don't have to worry about getting the very best out of their players, because they are the best players in the world. So they're already head and shoulders above everyone else. Which is exactly what links in with um, the statements made by Drew Mitchell, who's in Fat Club. <laughs> he was yeah, in Fat Club. He was what? in Fat Club when he went back to Australia because he he was winning European Champions Cup even though he was a bit overweight and not as fit wow. as he needs to be. And, wow. And, and fat, fat Club Fat Club by the way, if it's I mean I don't know if Sesley Park had one when you played, but yeah. I I know about some professional setup fat clubs and it's a very humiliating place to be and it means you do extra spinning and mm. high intensity fitness work and, in, and over should, over sh- and above. It should be like that. Well, I mean, you look at the shape that Bordeaux's forwards are in as well. Oh. There's some proper... Oh, my God! This... <laughs> oh, my God! I, How... I was amazed! <laughs> I, I can't... Be- I couldn't believe this, the, the poor shape that, the, okay. that so many of the players at French clubs find are the, in. Find this man's name. Patrick someone. I will tell you his name in two seconds. It wasn't like... Sometimes you, you look and you go, or... The the design or the cut of that shirt is not no, flattering. No. Uh, there's no cut and no design that would make that would be flattering on some of those Bordeaux fellas. He, he Patrick, Patrick uh, Toetu. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I can only assume he is a magnificent a magnificent exponent of scrimmaging. I can't even describe how out of shape he is. 
Go on, try. Well, Avian Lewis Roberts suddenly looks like oh, yeah, Avian a, Lewis a, a far greyhound. Better far yeah. better shape. He looks like he can go on one of those like American fat camp shows. <laughs> he, he's Gen- li- genuinely. He's listed here at 125 kg. That is nonsense. Uh, 31 years old. Hasn't done a huge amount by the looks of things. Favourite food? <laughs> Anything. Everything he can get his hands on. Super noodles. <laughs> um, now, this is weird because he is genuinely in awful shape, but Bordeaux are not a terrible team. Far from it. You know, they're the highest level of rugby in Europe, and he is starting. It's frightening. So, I, he only lasted 30 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> how do you how do you show up to work every day? It, and it's not like that. Do you remember when I think Graham Souness was the Southampton football manager, and he signed a player yes. because it because he uh, f- because it was George Weyer's cousin, and George Weyer was like the world. <laughs> no, no, it wasn't George Weyer's cousin. But it wasn't George Weyer's cousin. Yeah. He thought it was George Weyer's cousin, but actually he'd never seen him play. He saw like a one minute highlight video of him playing somewhere in South America, and he pulled him off after twenty minutes because he it was that embarrassingly bad. It was this this is a player he knew. About and selected, and he's been there since 2011, so he's not an unknown quantity. But wow. you know, it's different, isn't it? If you show up to work every day and your work is collecting tickets at a parking barrier, I get why you'd be that shape. He has to <laughs> run every day, every day, every he day. Has to run. And the strength and conditioners must come in, look at him, and go. Where do we start? Well, yeah, that, but that's the point. Do. They don't have them in France. They don't no, have they them. Don't. Like, like going back to Wasps, who we were just praising. Back when they had Trevor Leota, wasn't there a, a, a fitness guru guy who just used to follow him round to make sure he didn't go <laughs> to fast food joints? I saw a wonderful, wonderful <laughs> clip once, and it was an American footballer named I don't remember his name now. Bennett, someone Bennett, Mortellus Bennett, a tight end, and he had like handling problems. He couldn't catch a ball, so they put a ball in his arm and a, a coach, one of the uh, quality control coaches, to follow him around all the time to make sure he always carried the ball <laughs> to lunch, to training, home, back to training. Well, they need to have some serious intervention there. And Talon will be—I uh, mean, they'll—they'll they'll be worried. I would have thought after that performance. Um, although, although I think this is one of those seasons where you, we need to temper any thoughts about what this means for Pro 12 sides, for Premiership sides, for French sides, because we've got to remember that English teams are only what five weeks into their into the Premiership, into their season, yeah. into their whole season. Yes, yeah, yeah. Because there was no rugby play before the World Cup. They had an extended pre-season, but come March, April, when it's knockout rugby, um, mm. and you're going to have teams who haven't had a break in. Six months, five months. Just one other thing about the Wasps game. I thought, I I know that um, uh, James Gaskell got man of the match, but I thought it could have gone to either Nathan Hughes, who was superb and scored two tries, or George Smith. Oh my word, George George Smith Smith is class. Still absolute class. I've not seen George Smith play for so long. He's 34. That isn't actually that old. It's like a quality. He's, he's like a, a Rolls Royce of a rugby player, isn't he? Mm, just, yeah. just class. If we juxtapose his signing <laughs> with uh, Toulon, one of Toulon signings, which I think finally uh, Bougelas flamboyancy has caught up with him. This is the worst fit of player and team I have ever seen ever in the history of doesn't, rugby it doesn't make sense you were talking about their pragmatic game plan and their power based game plan it just doesn't fit with Quay Cooper if as I, the linchpin does if it if I'm Bougelon now I write a cheque for any amount that they mention to get me Dan Bigger <laughs> any amount I knew you were going to say Dan Bigger <laughs> who else who, who would be better for that team they, they need some Farrell would be good for them Farrell oh, would be very good that would be a great Farrell or Bigger would be a, a very good fit the one thing I love about Dan Bigger by the way I just mentioned it because you know in case we don't have time to talk to talk in depth about all, all the games but um, one of my favourite things the last couple of weeks has been watching Dan Bigger line up for a kick and when the camera angle has got the crowd in the background all you see is people laughing in the background you should just watch <laughs> uh, it oh, I, you know what I thought you were going to say then Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. 
Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. It was like the Merv Hughes and they're all copying him. No. <laughs> the Merv Hughes and cricket? No, you just see people yeah. laughing. It's just it, it just people wetting themselves so, laughing. I take it they weren't in, in, in the Liberty if they had a crowd behind them. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see the, uh, the backies? Um, copying Dan Bigger no he no. took the final kick of the, his final game Barbarians versus, versus Argentina um, and he, they scored a try in the last minute and he took the final kick of the game and did a bit of the, the big arena big arena oh, brilliant, big arena. Yeah. oh awesome so, so Paul Ackford in the Times I, I, as a newspaper I'm going to put my opinion out there I don't like the Times rugby writing I really, really dislike Stephen Jones's Stephen articles. Jones. That whole article they put where they went that they on the day after Sam Burgess left to go back to rugby league. Good riddance. Yeah. Um, I, I just I, I don't like him. I don't like the tone. It of had it. a very bitter tone to it. That one. It's, didn't it? it's like, really. He wasn't clever enough. It's really bitter. Sam Burgess could do whatever he wants. So Paul Ackford has Paul Ackford has come out and said that Eddie Jones should only work really with. He should ignore most of the Premiership teams and he should only work with Harlequins, Bath, Exeter and Leicester that makes great sense and he should ignore the rest and he should tell all young England under 20s players to just go to one of those four teams and create oh. create like a province type system with just those four teams and ignore the rest because they're not really worth it and you just see Wasps and how many amazing so was Wasps not young, in that list no Wasps weren't in that list well, so then, how many an idiot. Yeah, well yeah um, how many <laughs> quality English players there are yeah there's at least seven teams yeah, who've, I, got, who've got a re- like I would not like to pick right now which of those seven teams are going to be in it because Leicester look transformed under Major mm. Exeter kind of continuing where they left off Wasps two incredible results and Northampton and Bath, Bath haven't been hitting their stride they're not not as much but they've got enough class yeah, like Northampton sure. look, look good against Glasgow and Saracens are just oh. Saracens are unstoppable relentless they look at the moment I love them I love how boring and grindy they are yeah, <laughs> they're not actually that boring or grindy we've still got a few games to get through before we talk about Saracens and uh, let's take all the, the other all yeah, the time yeah. talking about the other games uh, yeah, not, not exactly much that. about Saracens <laughs> so I didn't see so, Cle- do you want to talk Claremont Swans uh, well, Claremont Ospreys, Ospreys it, was a, it was a good game really brilliant finish Bloody wasn't hell, it grandstand that, was, was that finish score? that was the score yeah so hell of a finish Claremont were, that, were, were away they got their four tries and they were what 15 or 20 points up with uh, like yeah. two minutes to go yeah word okay uh, Osprey's so, got two two late tries one, really w- won the last play of the game which got them a, n- not just a losing bonus point by getting them back within seven but a try bonus point away in Claremont yes which Crikey. after they beat uh, Exeter last week that could be that a really really important mm. important two bonus points now do you know we've just uh, chatted a lot um, it involves me saying Crikey at the score without actually telling everyone the score 34-29 Yep. Yes, uh, and two two tries for David Strettle, who I am I'm not suggesting he should be anywhere near the England team. No, but 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 he scored two very good tries. He did for Claremont. He did. Although I will pick him up on one thing, uh, he also is part of a scourge of the game, which I I I would like eradicated. And I know you boys are completely with me on this. We're mm-hmm. all we're all united on this one, and that is David Strettle got pulled back when he was trying to run through for a kick through. He was trying to run through for a try and got pulled back. The the um, Ospreys player got a yellow card, but David Strettle was giving it the whole TMO, drawing the little square to, oh, the, to the assistant referee. Yellow, that is a yellow. I, I, no, I, no, they go up to the TMO to review if he's called for the TMO. <laughs> and if that's the case, yellow, followed by red. I'd always say to my mates who like football, when, I, when you're watching a football match and you get the, you get the players doing the card symbol to the referee yeah. I'd always go I'd, I'd always sit on my high horse in my, my ivory rugby tower and oh, go yeah. you never get rugby players doing that yeah. you ne- there's respect for officials it never happens by big jumps does it it's always a gradual slide and you're seeing it more and more that um, players are appealing for stuff and so I, I just think I, the- some, I just think someone above or at the top level needs to gr- take a grip of it and go we're not going to have this mm. agreed Agreed. I've got to say, I was at the RFU level two day day two course today, so I'm doing my coaching badges, and I get an inside view a little bit now after reading all their little manuals and stuff as to kind of the processes that are going on behind the scenes, which is making the game 
the way it is. So soft, soft, soft and litigious, rule-driven. So they're asking me today, how do you? And we're all on a, a big on a big table. How do you create a club environment or a club culture? And everyone's going around saying, yeah, well, we're going to off you know, off field rules, standards for this, standards for that, ground rules, 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 rules. <laughs> this is exactly what I don't want. Exactly what I don't want. And you can almost feel it like going up the ladder. And it's like, well, we need to set standards for this. So this is the tick boxes that we're going to put in place. And if someone violates this tick box, then they're going to have a yellow or a red. Or, it, you know, we've got to stay rigidly to these rules because they relate to our values and, and simply just is not true I know, I know exactly what you mean so so with my so with my kids I'm, I'm a big believer that like when I, they should do what's right and not do what's wrong and yeah. you know what's right and wrong you, you kind of you know it and if you have to ask yourself the question this is what I said to my, my lad I said if you sort of have to ask yourself the question is this right or wrong <laughs> it's probably wrong because yeah. yeah. you, you know you, you should have a sense of it it's the same with rugby I, I'm kind of with you it's like you know what's rugby and yeah. what's not and rugby it kind of adds the child analogy it's okay to be a bit naughty you can be a bit naughty it's okay as long as it's not you know bad I'm okay with that and I know the difference between bad which is stamping on hands joints faces gouging biting I know what is bad I know what is naughty and that's a little you know a little love tap or you know <laughs> a little ha- love tap little, little love tap from Pickamalls to McCaw that's just naughty <laughs> right. but of course we need to tick some boxes yeah. and it really gets me the word you said there that I actually like is standards mm. yeah. because standards should be it's an unwritten rule that's exactly that it everyone needs to be out if, if training starts at seven Everyone needs to be out two minutes before seven. Drum. Otherwise, you're late, and that—that that is a standard. But yeah. as we talked about on a previous podcast, that only works when it's not—it's not, not coming from the coach. That only works when it comes from within the players. Yes, well, and, I, and, a, and a captain and, and the lead, captain leads and, by example, and lead by example. Yeah, yeah, I, I hear you. I just yeah. we're all on the same page. Yes, and you can you can feel our frustration. We should get back to talking about the rugby because there's, there's there's loads to talk about. So uh, working backwards from where we yeah, were, go on. Go uh, on. the next game: Glasgow Warriors versus Northampton Saints. Total set piece dominance. They're getting back to where Northampton want to be. Is that forwards or three? I'd say they're into like third gear now. Northampton. Yes. Oh right. Okay. So the one a couple of things about this. First of all, Northampton's choices for the front row are simply ludicrous. Absolutely ludicrous. And if this Hill fella is anything anything to go by, if his hype is even half of what we think it is, it's going to become even more ludicrous. And and also, all English. Yeah, yeah. Northampton. The two Wallers, Hill... Um, Paul Hill, is it? Paul Bro- Hill. Brooks, Corbs. Brooks. Uh, Corbs was in the studio. Yeah, I know. Haywood, Mike Haywood. Yeah. Uh, Hartley wasn't playing. Yeah, Mike Haywood's arrows were very, very good. Yeah. So, complete set-piece dominance. We had a situation where PC absolutely destroyed... I think it was Stuart Hogg. Like, it was brutal. It, absolutely brutal. It one might, of the one yeah. hardest was, hits I've seen in about 12 months. And that is legal. It was savage. It, and was, it was a great hit. It wonderfully was, it refereed. Was legal. It was obviously so brutal that they looked it on the TMO. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Just to give us, just to give us the viewers an extra four or five oh, yeah. slow motion replay. Oh, that. That's when the TMO should be used. Like it should be like, <laughs> we want to see that again. Uh, what, what, what am I looking for? You, you're just, looking, you're looking for beauty. Yeah, appreciation of the hit. <laughs> the preceding game to that, uh, Toulouse versus Oyana, which was twenty four eighteen. Good to Toulouse. All right, didn't watch it. No, I didn't Don't watch know. it either. But the Bath-Leinster game I did watch. Yeah. Now, this this fell... Talking about Northampton maybe getting into third gear, it feels like Bath aren't out of second gear. Mm. Their scrum was so dominant. They had so much ball. And they've got a first-team back line besides Jonathan Joseph. And it felt like they just didn't quite know how to use it. Yeah. When we watched them against Harlequins the same. last month, it felt like they had loads of ball, loads of territory... But they didn't have that cutting edge. Do you want and to... they, they sh- with Rocco Dagooni and Anthony Watson in your back three, and Eastman and, and Ford, you should be all even their edge. backup players like Homer. I mean, anyone's anyone familiar with his work in London Irish? They can tell you he's a damn good player. They've got Leicester and Northampton next. They're yeah. two next. Two I tell games. you what I feel about Bath is that they were in a very good place a while ago. And when you say it's going into the backs, they're waiting for a superstar to, to do something. They're waiting for Kyle Eastman to run it in himself or a bit of magic from Jonathan Watson. They're not creating well, stuff. Yeah. 
it's a long season and it's all about being good at the right time as they found they weren't right I've in May at Twickenham I hope, yeah. I'm, I hope I'm wrong that's a good point Tim last time they, they peaked too early they were playing their best rugby mm. at the wrong time mm. so we'll see well, and, I they, and, they got, and they've chalked up a win against Leinster yeah yeah I will yeah. next game then we'll probably have to rattle through these a little yeah. bit more next we'll game oh we need to talk about this Benetton Treviso 3 Leicester Tigers 36 Benetton Treviso got 3 <laughs> um, yeah. another 5 point win for yeah. Leicester that's about all you can say oh my god it. there was only 3,000 in attendance for that yeah that's pathetic they should be banned <laughs> they should be banned <laughs> and then Friday night I mean we don't really need to dwell on this we could uh, quickly uh, I, overlook I, it I did like JB's tweet uh, about this one um, where, yeah I did <laughs> I, I, like, I like JB's tweet about this where you, you pointed out that whenever Ulster fans are referred to on the telly they're always referred to as proud Ulster oh men. yeah always proud aren't they uh, you know, never Pro- uh, pride Ulster man here he is the embarrassed Ulster man Never uh, that is it. Tom W twenty three on Twitter said, uh, "Proud is just a great word to say in a Northern Irish accent." And that that, he thinks that's why pride. <laughs> pride. Have you, have you ever watched uh, Peaky, Peaky Blinders? Uh, no, I want to. That's the guy Kill, Killian Murphy, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. What, watch it, and I guarantee you'll never mess with another Ulsterman in your life. Uh, oh, this, really? The show that I want to watch nothing to do with Ulsterman. It's just while we're sharing TV tips, catastrophe. Mm-hmm. Really it funny. Uh, uh, things oh, that don't funny. go well. I'm guessing. It's it's like it's like a um, brutally honest relationship between people that they they talk they talk. Oh, I have seen this. They, I think I've they seen... they talk about like sex and relationship like in 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 the most painfully brutally honest way. Yeah, and it's, it's, like, it's all it the stuff. Like funny, actually. Some of the stuff it's like stuff that's in your head. She's making that you uh, that you never admit or never say. Um, anyway, so that's my that's my tip. Have you got a tip for TV, Phil? Uh, oh, I, I've recently watched. The whole of ten seasons of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, nice. which is brilliant. I cannot recommend it. I keep, me, I keep wanting to get into that. Actually, it's very, very. It keeps good. coming. It keeps getting recommended to me on Netflix. Yes, you should watch it. It is well worth your time. Now, let me recommend some key moments in the Ulster Saracens game. Yes, do that. The, the first half was okay, wasn't it? Nine, right? nine five up at half. Well, time. let's talk about the return of Pain Gates. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, did you see the Michael Rhodes hit? Yeah. Is it Michael Rhodes? It, is that yes. the chef? So, so that? If, if you're not sure, pa- uh, Paynegate is... It's not Michael Rhodes. Um, Jared Payne um, against... Oh, Jared Payne against Saracens. Yes. Got a red card about five minutes into a game. Into uh, a quarter-final. Quarter-final about I've got to three say. years ago? Yeah. Two years ago. Yeah. Oh, it was... Uh, that yeah, was two, or three, two, two or three seasons ago. I've got ago. to say, I thought this Mike Rhodes hit yeah. might be red. And, and there was a... It, it was the one that opened the floodgates to this whole... Um, law and red cards yep. and yellow cards for tack- uh, making contact with a player or tackling a player in the air when they're jumping up to catch so a ball. Apparently, now if you hit a player in the air, lands on their back, it's a yellow. Lands on the head, it's red. Which I don't quite Which, uh, get. It, yeah, because the action is the same, but the consequences are different. Yeah, um, and I, I can understand. I, I actually thought the the Mike Rhodes hit was uh, refereed correctly because. I think it was Trimble who was coming down he yeah. was only half a foot off the ground when yeah. he, the contact was made it was, it was a fraction of a second in it and he hit and him he, with a shoulder in, in, the, in, the, in his midriff yeah. yeah and Trimble landed flat, landed on, his flat on his back like, so you, I, could, you could actually if, if, if there'd been no sanctions they moved on you wouldn't uh, well I'm, I'm sure Olsterman would probably say differently I wouldn't have been angry because it was a safe tackle uh, it was oh, we're talking it, a couple of inches off yeah. the ground oh yeah it's just it, mistimed it's also I, I can see that it's a couple of inches from being a, a perfect tackle, but it's also a couple of inches from being a, quite a bit worse as well. Yeah, well, I don't want to see a red card, but I understand why it would be. Yeah, the actual game itself was a masterpiece. Before of we get into that, though, because oh, there, there, there was another tackle in the air that happened today that I, I would just refer to. Matthew Bastero took a pass. Yes, right, and and chose to jump in the air and catch yeah. it like like it's just a regular pass across the back line no kick involved and Matthew Bastero jumped as he caught it the Wasps defender Jacobs I think yep. hit him and Bastero was in the air and he got a yellow card did Jacobs get yellow card? Or was it a penalty? Was it a no, penalty? penalty? I think it was a penalty. Yeah. I think it was a penalty. No, sure. I'm pretty sure the laws say oh, no, you're not no, no, to you're... jump into a tackle as well. 
Well, no, that's what I thought. You're not allowed to. So, so the, the, uh, all I'm saying is that it's not as black and white as like, oh, you tackled someone in the air. It's. I just think right. you need to use a bit of common sense and like, well, that was da- that was really dangerous. That player landed in a really dangerous way. You didn't. You didn't hold on to them and take them to the ground. And that's where the duty of care comes in. Not did you touch someone who was in the air. Let the boys play. The way. It, the way I think it. So the law was applied applied correctly. The way I think it should have gone is the referee should have said to Bastaro. Don't do that again. What do you expect? Because Bastaro jumping like that in, into an onrushing yeah. defence is again, more dangerous than anything else. If the ball is going over his head and he's jumping to get it, and he's, uh, well, I've got an idea. Let the boys play. Let, like, I think that's the, the actual the answer here. That, that, surely that could be your your um like you know when teams are defending their own try line and you're five meters out, you could have a game plan where you you sort of throw a pass and the person receiving it jumps, jumps yeah, before it's quite they easy catch to replicate, it, isn't and it? then and then yeah. the, the the attack the defending team are going to want to fly off the line and hit you. They'll they'll hit you in the air and it'll, it's just I'd, yeah. Hence hence why I say the ref should have said Bastro, don't do that again. Play on. Yeah. Anyway, so so we're doing a good job of swerving, talking about Ulster. Yeah. No, so uh, very good. Let's Ulster. Let's keep this Ulster. Up. Let's just please get, finish off with Ulster. Yeah. Go on. And I'm not going to talk about the uh, Jack Berger penalty, which I was going to at length, but I'm not. Um, truly, truly impressive performance. They were just absolutely crushing. They're so calculated. Some of the players that they have too. Brad Barrett. Duncan Taylor, these are not world-beating, line-breaking superstars. They're Brad Barrett and Duncan Taylor. And yet, <laughs> they, they were really, really impressive. I, I can't say enough good things. Mm. As, as an Ulster fan, it's frustrating that with 25 minutes to go, we're 9-5 up, and Billy Vunapola gets a yellow card, and you're thinking, come on, come on, lads. You can do it, you can see the game out here. But the way that Saracen's finished off... It was it was mightily impressive. Yeah. Saracens won despite a compendium of terrible decisions against them. And it w- there were some terrible decisions. Uh, what, next game? We're done. Uh, oh, oh, that, 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 sorry. From European Champions Cup. Well, oh, was, yeah, um, of course. There was Quinns. Oh, yeah. Was, Ex- an Exeter one. Exeter did very well. Henry Slade looked class. Uh, Exeter and by the way, team. By the way, we got a tweet. Um, we got a tweet saying from... Let me find it. There we go... Reese Randall tweeted to at Rugby Podcast Jack Knoll could be the new Miles Benjamin he is clearing out rucks like a demon <laughs> I find that I find that obscenely offensive I think Miles Benjamin is a once in a generation talent and later on this year we will be seeing exactly what Miles can do Thought would you like point. to know the most impressive thing I heard that, uh, this week was go on it was Sunday Park and I hope it's not coming from the PA but it might be they have what sounds like a brass band playing the the Chiefs Whoa. and it sounds amazing it yeah. sounds like a American football college stadium and I, I sincerely hope that that is an actual brass band somewhere rather than a recording uh, either way it sounds great but I would it would be nice to see a brass band it would be nice to see to see Exeter we should definitely plan a trip down there now, I'd be up for that mm. now I'll tell you I'll tell you something that I noticed on Saturday Yes, it was Saturday about Exeter. I think uh, Henry Slade has been hanging out with another kicker too much because I think he's copying someone's kicking style. Dan Bigger. Not Dan Bigger. You definitely would have noticed that. I think, I think he's been copying Owen Farrell's kicking style. Have you not seen his sneaky, sneaky look at the, the post? The, the, the little laser. He, laser. Looks, he looks down at the ball and then just from the corner, just the corner oh, of his eyes. Right through the corner. Sneaks a little peek. Hmm. That's Slight one to watch. Down. Yeah. Someone, someone who's technically minded, can you just do a little side-by-side video of Owen Farrell and Henry Slade doing a kick so we can oh, compare? And my One of my favourite moments, I loved this game, the Exeter game. I thought it was really good, some great attacking rugby. Yeah, it's enjoyable. My favourite moment the whole game was when, uh, I think it was Ian Witten broke through. Yes. And he was going, he's got 20 yards to go to be under the sticks. And, and what was on his mind, Phil? And he gets the opposition winger comes back and taps the ball out of his hands and he drops it and he was just th- he was imagining all those cock taps yes. coming in just lying back on <laughs> sliding for the try and lying back and come take, get me boys taking all the cock taps the Exeter cock taps if you don't know and if you don't know if you don't know what we mean by an Exeter cock tap then go go back a few episodes yeah. on the podcast and um, and 
listen to uh, all our chat it, about the Exeter cocktail. It does cocktail. sound like a local dish. <laughs> <laughs> so there should be a pub in Exeter called the, the Exeter Cocktail. The Cocktail. Cock <laughs> ye oldie, ye oldie Cocktail. That'd, that'd be brilliant. A picture of a cockerel and a, a giant a tap. A giant the tap. Cock tap. The Cocktail. <laughs> oh please I do love the Chiefs I, I love the Chiefs I just don't like the European kit but I'm sure they'll sort that out we're back to Premiership Rugby aren't we yeah and, we are and, and, and Pro 12 and the like um, before we get into that uh, I don't know if you've seen this because we all know how much we love um, a national anthem and, and singing and stuff and we, we've, we've talked before about how good other national anthems are we've heard the Marseillaise a lot this week yes that anthem is just I absolutely love I, I get jealous so jealous every time I hear it <laughs> of how good it is but have you heard the little Australian kid at the Australian yes. baseball have you um, heard this Jay no I like this I, This can I have your headphones Phil? this really made me laugh oh it's properly going viral now it's got like 300,000 views I, I saw it this morning and um, so it, it, I didn't know Australia played baseball seriously but this, no, is, this, this is Brisbane yeah yeah, they do yeah. This, this is Brisbane against Adelaide and it's a little, little lad called Ethan Obviously, the biggest moment of his life. He's there wearing a little okay, ma nice. maroon tank top and a shirt and tie. Lovely. And he's singing oh, the no. national anthem. It's, it's going to be bad or good. He's got. He's got. It's unfortunately, he's battling through with hiccups. Oh no, poor lad. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> I. Lad. You can just see the shoulders of the uh, the baseball players just going up and down because they're all giggling. As a man who occasionally struggles to get get his words out in front of la large crowds, it is not a nice feeling. <laughs> Poor fella. So we're back into domestic rugby then. Yeah, I, I apologise if you're a London Irish. Um, Gloucester. 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 Another good win. Another good win, yeah. Is um, that year? It's their, it's their year again in the European Challenge Cup. Newcastle Falcons. Beat uh, NSI. No, no, Newca oh, yeah, Newcastle Falcons beat NSI in the was I think the only game that wasn't televised in the whole weekend, yeah. pretty much. <laughs> sale, I'll, sale I'll rage for, for Hammers fans. Yeah. Sale beat Pow. So we apologise if that's your team, but really, if you look at some of the lineups for some of the teams, the teams aren't even taking it seriously. So why should we? Exactly. <laughs> that's what I say about Pro Twelve. <laughs> well, it's back to domestic rugby next week, um, and in the Premiership, let's rattle through some of these. The Friday night game is Northampton against Gloucester. Under the lights at Franklin's Gardens. You've got to say Northampton for this, haven't you? Give me Northampton. Got to say. Northampton, yeah, for sure. Uh, well, not for sure, but uh, yeah, I think they will win. Not not for sure, but... And uh, RC Tuala for Northampton. <sighs> They've got some good depth in their back three now. <laughs> yeah, he's a very, very mm. nice player. Uh, on to Saturday then, and you've got Sale Sharks hosting Newcastle. Sale at home. Sale at home. For sh I will say for sure on that one. Mm. I would put that in my accumulator bet. Well, they beat Northampton at home last time, didn't they? And they're just they're just another they're a yeah. different team completely at the AJ Bell. Uh, Exeter Quins, like now what, what's the, the glamour tie out of that? Sale Newcastle or Exeter Harlequins? <laughs> one with a stadium that's full, one mostly empty. We, we should talk Ish. about Dave Ward briefly with, with, with in relation to oh, Quins. How did we forget about Dave Ward? England's new seven, Dave Ward. Yeah, best seven in England. The, the man's a machine when he's not throwing in. Well, you yeah, have 20 minutes, got, got one of the match. Who will be, right? Because I posed this question on Twitter. Who who would you predict, and we won't labour on this too long, but who do you reckon will be wearing the England 7 shirt for that Dave first Ford. against Scotland Dave Ford. in 11 weeks' time? <laughs> Dave Ford. <laughs> well, I mean, he's, he's the best 7 in Quinns, right? Because Brendan O'Connor's available, and some people were mentioning that on Twitter. I, I think Rob Shaw will, will retain it. I, I, I think he is. I think he, You don't think that, though, do you, Phil? I do think he's the best 7 in, really? in England. Will, Will Fraser but who honestly here has seen enough of Will Fraser to make any judgement yeah well no I agree way? he was yeah. injured all last season he's, he's got yeah, a lot of potential it's a real shot in the dark to say Will Fraser's the future yeah, yeah. I agree um, what about Tom Wood Tom Wood is an option Tom Wood Callum Clark um, I don't know which, I'd, which I'd have Wood on. ahead of Wood ahead of Clark but people are starting to bring Kvesic's name back into the fold but they shouldn't mm, no. just because you don't have any sevens doesn't mean you should play a substandard one no I'm kind of yeah. with you anyway I, I, yeah I, I do think Robshaw is the best option that's available that doesn't mean he's a great seven but he's a very good back row player he's an excellent back row player um, so Exeter Quinns how do you see this one going I think this will be a great game I think both, <laughs> I both teams will try and play rugby and 
I think that Exeter will just pip it. They, they have some real depth, both yeah. up front and out wide. A narrow Exeter win. Yeah, Exeter at home. I think Exeter to win as well at home. Um, Saracens Worcester at Allianz. Well, it, it, this should not even be allowed to happen. <laughs> <laughs> for, health, for health and safety reasons. <laughs> it, I cannot look past. Saracens will use this as an opportunity to uh, refresh some of their players. They'll change a few things. But up. they're all average players. But, well, well, they're going to take out their stars and average players, put in backup average players, and then batter them. Yeah, yeah. The Saracens yeah. will still win, but this is just a good opportunity for them to keep their players fresh. Yeah. They're, they're all one homogenous player at Saracens. Just <laughs> one brain. Yeah. Do you want to... Uh, do you want to see something from Worcester that, yes. we, that we got tweeted? This is a, a new academy house that all the academy players at Worcester, and we know how much Dean Dean Ryan is a a big fan of the academy. So uh, Worcester have built a house, uh, which is a facility that all the academy players can use to relax and unwind. This this can't uh, this can't end well, can it? It's, me- it's like cribs for the rugby for a, an 18 to 21 year old rugby player yeah it's made like a cribs video this will not end well hear me now believe me I'll later. tweet this video out so it's a ha- it's just a a house that's just getting plastered we and stuff here we go the uh, house a couple of months ago it took us three months to do it up we've done it in the specification for rugby players we've got <laughs> larger kitchens in more cookers um, they can have barbecues outside um, there's a veranda where they can sit in the sun that's cool um, it's all wireless so they can do their homework there's TV <laughs> Yeah, that's what they're going to be doing with wireless connection in every room. (laughs) (laughs) Their homework. (laughs) (laughs) Hold on, just listen to that. There's one one thing I just want to pick up on. There's TVs um, and relaxation rooms. Relaxation rooms. (laughs) With the wireless in every relaxation room. (laughs) I bet that woman, right, that that woman is walking past players who are not aware that she's there and they're throwing their iPads into baths and stuff. (laughs) Hitting them with hammers so she can't see the screen. And we've made sure that there is no internet browsing history recorded <laughs> <laughs> on any laptop it's really beneficial for the uh, this player is continually sli- swiping left we don't know what what he's doing <laughs> oh look you got a picture of in that video there's a lad ironing there <laughs> <laughs> what's he ironing his, his shorts his socks his polo shirt look at that standards isn't it the all blacks iron their own kits you know oh yeah when they steam their own shorts what they need to do off the field to actually help Basically, it's just... It's just a house, isn't it? It's just it's a, a house, house with Wi-Fi. House of bants is what that is. <laughs> and a house where loads of horm- like hormonal teenage men with loads of testosterone can go and relax with, <laughs> with, <laughs> full, wi- with full wireless. But actually, you were Wi-Fi. saying, weren't you, when you lived with your brother and he was training... And you live with someone else. There's two pros you lived with. Yeah, both both coming through the uh, under 21s and into the first team at Bath. You were saying that uh, they would get, they'd get home, and they actually weren't that banterous. No, they had no. They, they were done. No, they, they used to, they used to get back from training and sit on the sofa all day eating food and playing um, Pro Evo on the on the PlayStation. <laughs> that that was that was Brian the breaks and the like because they were so wiped out, especially pre-season. Anyway. Um, oh, other fixtures then. Uh, the other game on the Saturday is London Irish v London Wasps. Oh dear. Irish still searching for that first Premiership win, and Wasps obviously. What do you think, Tim? Doing quite well. I'm going to go Irish. Are going to break their duck? That's going to be my. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not Bl- with you on that. Blind faith. No, Could... you'd have to make Wasps um, favourites for that one. Definitely. Uh, Although I actually got to turn it around sometime. I, I think it'll be a competitive game. I think it'll be closer than you think because Wasps have had a, a, a tough couple of weeks and Irish have been able to rotate. Sunday then, and I'm going to be working this one. Oh, um, yeah. For BT good, Sport. Good game uh, to uh, work. Uh, at Road. Leicester against Bath. I think this is going to be... I want a Bath win. I think it's going to be a Tigers win. I think Tigers will win as well. Bath need to really step it up somehow. Tigers also... Bath have had a physical fixture against Leinster this week. Tigers have had a bit of a rest. They've been able to to change some of their players up. So give me Tigers at home. I'm going to go Tigers at home as well. Uh, and the Pro 12, really? Yeah. Oh. Edinburgh Dragons, Edinburgh at home. Yeah. I'm right. Hang on. Hang on. Uh, this is actually what's going to happen. It's going to be Edinburgh, Glasgow, Leinster, Ospreys, Munster, Scarlets. That's how easy this league is. That's so, how. So you, you can just, just predict the, it. You, you just pick all the, the home teams. Yes, yeah, that's it. Done. You picked all the home teams. Yeah, that's it. Uh, Edinburgh are going to beat Dragons. Glasgow will beat Benetton Trevizo. I'll go with you on that. Leinster 
I think they'd be favourites at home against Ulster. Yeah. Leinster Ulster will be interesting because they've that, both had disappointing weekends. That is weekend. literally the only yes. good game of the weekend. Ulster Blues. No, yeah. Cardiff, Cardiff are rubbish. Cardiff are rubbish. Cardiff are yeah. absolutely terrible. Munster v Connor, the two Irish yeah. only games. That's interesting. Yeah. And then Scarlet Zebra. Mm, Come on, not so much. Right, I know you love a stat, Phil, and we got tweeted one brilliant fact, and we started with Jonah Lomu, and I'm going to finish with Jonah Lomu uh, on the podcast. Jonah Lomu, in his 11 Rugby World Cup appearances that he made, beat 97 defenders, which is 35 more than any other player in World <laughs> Cup history. And there's players like Jason Leonard has played 22, 23 World Cup games. Yeah. He didn't beat half as many as Lomu. No. Exactly. Uh, Joan Lomu, 11 Rugby World Cup appearances, 97 defenders beaten. That is incredible. Which is just a phenomenal statistic. And uh, we, can't, we can't finish there, though, Tim. We're not mentioning McCaw. Oh, Ratchy McCaw. Going on to become a helicopter pilot. Oh, my God, yeah. Retiring. I heard quite a funny one about that. He's going to be a helicopter pilot because you can enter from the side. <laughs> Very good. Giggle, giggle, giggle. Very good. Very good. Part of me would have loved to see him come over to Europe and just play one season and just just seeing how good he would be. He, he, won't, he won't be happy unless he is the best helicopter pilot on earth, will he? Fighting ISIS or, or, or something <laughs> yeah. in Apache. Um, <laughs> I think he should have joined the AA. Go on. Because he's great at a breakdown. God, you're on form today, JB. (sighs) For JB's jokes. (laughs) There we go. Well done. Very good, Tim. Uh, Very good. Three cheers for Sorelli Bombo. Um, Right, thanks for listening. At Rugby Podcast is where you can find us on Twitter. Uh, I'm going to go and put on my lovely bath shirt. Phil's got his on. JB, are you going to put your bath shirt on? I'm going to watch the end end of Peyton Manning's career. He's not even playing tonight, but his replacement will be, and I think it's the end for him. This This is one of the most tragic tales in sports. It is. I don't don't know if this has happened in rugby, but basically one of the greatest American football players ever, they're kind of going, oh yes, he's injured. We're just going to give him extra time to, to come back. And from his he injury like, he and actually he's done and he's cooked and he's gone. Like, it, they're, they're letting him save face aren't they basically yeah they are they've, they've, two years ago he was in the Super Bowl last year he, he made the playoffs this year he is statistically the worst quarterback in the NFL and, and, and the team are basically fudging it and faking that he's injured just to save face because they don't want to have they don't want to have his have the embarrassment for him so he wants that one last ring because his brother's got two Brady's got four and, and how many has he got? One. Let's go and uh, let's go and see the end of Peyton Manning's career, and um, we'll, we'll just leave you to subscribe on iTunes, to download the Acast app, uh, to tweet us your thoughts to at Rugby Podcast, and to enjoy the rugby. And we'll see you next time in a bit, Phil. Cheers, Tim. Later, JB. Bye bye. Hey, it's Paige Desorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 